0: Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. This week, we finish November with a special Living in Today's World with Greg Patton. Marvin McIlvaney will share some important insight with his Bible in the News report. Steve Butler continues his teaching series on why we should explore Bible prophecy. And Doug Woodward will expose the plan to transform humanity into God's. Today, we have the privilege of meeting our brand new staff evangelist, Josh Davis. With the official introduction, here is ministry president, Dr. Kenneth Hill.
1: Josh, you have taken the position of staff evangelist here at Southwest Radio Ministries. And staff evangelist is a broad title. Tell us what your plans are with
2: the position that you've taken. The Lord really worked in all of these details to bring me to this position. And I see God's hand really upon this and prayed much about it. And God really opened that door for me to step into this role I had a dream, a, a goal in mind to spend more time in writing. It seemed to be a burden from the Lord, a, maybe a gifting from the Lord to spend more time in writing and focusing on those kinds of things. And I just surrendered it to God and gave it to Him years ago, even, and said, Lord, according to your timing and your opportunity, this is my heart's desire. And God began to work in me and in my heart. And I think about the verse that says, delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. I put that on the back burner and just focused on him, focused on my relationship with him. And then the opportunity came along for this position. So God really answered a lot of those prayers that I'd prayed even years ago. So as part of this role, getting back to your original question, I'll be working on writing, uh, whether it be articles, whether it be books, producing content here for the radio program, producing content for videos. And so it'll be multifaceted, and I'm looking forward to using every channel that we have available to get out the good news of Jesus Christ and to share His truth with this world today while we still have opportunity. Amen.
1: Well, we know that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things, and we see it daily here at the Watchman on the Wall broadcast, and we're delighted that the Lord's been at work in your heart. Tell us about your salvation.
2: I was saved growing up in a pastor's home, hearing the good news of Jesus Christ as just a baby all the way up. And when I was about Four years old or so, my parents told me that I'd made a profession of faith. And I depended on them for what they told me. I knew they wouldn't lie to me or try to trick me or deceive me or anything else. But the older I got, the more I tried to recall that moment. I could only do it in like a snapshot memory kind of conception. And so I would look back over my past and try to remember that moment and I just couldn't remember much about it being so young. It's not that I didn't trust my parents, but just that memory wasn't there for me. And so the older I got, the more I struggled with doubt. What did I really do? What did I really say? Did I really commit my life to Christ? And I was in a Christian school In the third grade, we had a chapel service, and a wonderful preacher came. He was a regular at our Christian school, and he served at a camp close by. And he came and shared the gospel message. I went back to class after that and just was under conviction. I talked to my teacher, third grade teacher, Mrs. Adams is her name, told her I needed to get right with God. So she pulled me aside, took me into a little workroom and that they had next door to our classroom and said, "Josh, I know that you have memorized all these verses. You can quote the Romans road to me, but let me just walk you through it again." She took her Bible and just walked me through the verses, John 3:16, Romans 3:23, Romans 6:23, all these wonderful verses. And I bowed there and prayed to receive Jesus as my Savior. And went home and told my parents about that. And as I look back on my life, I know that that's the time that I received Jesus Christ as my Savior. Amen.
1: Well, it is a difficult time sometimes for those of us who grow up in a Christian family and early on place our faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, It becomes a problem to recall just when. Some folks have had a problem with it to their very demise. It bothered me as it bothered you because I came to faith in Christ when I was about five years old, and I could have that snapshot memory and that sort of thing. But then as I grew up, I started finding that I wanted things my way more than I wanted it God's way, and so by the time I was in college, I had to make a choice, and when I made that choice, the choice was Jesus Christ. And I bowed and put myself before him and said, Lord, uh, I know I've done this before, but I want this to be the time that I can look back on as being something real. And it was indeed real and has been, of course, ever since. I have not made every step the right way. I have made mistakes along the way, but I haven't done so on purpose. And the Lord knows what he's dealing with because he knew me, he made me. He knows how frail I am as he knows everybody and the frailty of all of us. But it's important and I encourage folks, youngsters such as you were at that time. I encourage people when I would speak in chapels and that sort of thing that if they if they really had any kind of doubt that they settle it now because God's not afraid to talk to you. God wants to hear from you. He has told us to come boldly to his throne with authority as it were, and meaning we we have the authority of Christ himself to come to the God the Father and to bring all of our our needs to him. It is something that I take very personally that I have to do to help youngsters because I don't want them wandering throughout life. I want them living for Jesus.
2: Amen. And Dr. Hill, what you shared is a lot of my story and my passion as well, because just being in the third grade, that wasn't the end of the story. I remember in ninth grade, how that God really worked in my heart again to rededicate my life. I knew that The things that I was thinking about were things that did not please God, and it was filling my mind constantly. It was the opposite of Philippians 4, 8, think on these things. And I was thinking on all the wrong things constantly, and I rededicated my life then. But I began to drift away from the Lord. And as you said, I had that come to Jesus kind of moment, who am I going to live for? Am I going to live for myself and my dreams, my desires, or am I going to live for Jesus? I tell students and young people, college students, high school students, that I treated God like a Santa Claus. And I wouldn't have said that back then, but I've come to realize that now that it was, okay, God, here is what I want my life to look like. I would write out my prayer list, but it would be a wish list, almost like you would give to your parents for Christmas time, or write a letter to Santa Claus, and and it was a self-centered view of God instead of a God-centered, Christ-centered view, and God had to really break that down in my life, especially in my early years of college, because I was pursuing a career not in ministry, but in pharmacy and in science and studying in that direction. That's what I wanted my life to be like. I remember having a conversation with my dad as a high school student, trying to figure out how could I make close to $100,000 a year and have a, a decent schedule and different things like that and He mentioned some of the family members were pharmacists, and I was like, oh yeah, pharmacy, I think I could do that. So I started working in pharmacy and moving that direction in my education, and I didn't pray about it necessarily. It just, that's what I decided that I wanted to do with my life, and through a series of multiple events, God had to really break me down and get me to the place where He said, who are you really living for? Do you really want my will to be done or do you want your will to be done? And God had to get me to a breaking place in my life where I realized, Lord God, I want my life to count for you. I want my life to count for eternity, not just how much money I make on my paycheck or what a good career is that I want, but I want to serve you. Not too long after that is when I felt God leading me into full-time ministry So I went ahead and finished up that degree because I was just about finished up. I was two and a half semesters away from finishing up. So I just went ahead and finished that and went on to seminary after that to prepare. My dad told me wisely, and I thank God for him and his investment in me over the years. But he said, a call to preach is a call to prepare and so I spent many years preparing and studying, and and God opened that door for me in a great way, and I'm grateful for that, but it was that time in my life in college years where I really had to nail that down. Who do I really want to live for? Do I want to live for Christ or continue to live for myself? We're talking with Josh Davis. He is the new staff
1: evangelist for us here at the Watchman on the Wall broadcast, Southwest Radio Church Ministries. And we're delighted that he's come to talk to us today and let me talk with him so that you can get to know him. It's a really good time to share these things because I believe that as we share these things, we're touching questions that often touch hearts in our listeners. And if there's something that our listeners want to ask us, They can send us an email at swrc.com or they can call and leave a message for us or get us on the phone at 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. And we'll be happy to answer any questions that we possibly can. It would be our pleasure to talk with you about the things of the Lord for sure. Well, we've got some more opportunity for a continued conversation here, Josh, and I want to ask a little bit, if I could, about the work that you did as you were finishing your seminary degree or or in your seminary work. Were you working in Christian work at that time?
2: Yes, I started out, so going back to 2006, in that spring I graduated my undergraduate degree. It was a Bachelor of Science degree. And then that fall, that August, I enrolled and started in seminary at Southern Evangelical Seminary located in a suburb of Charlotte, North Carolina. At that time, Dr. Norman Gosler was there. He was the co-founder of the seminary and I had him for about five of my courses, and that was a real gift from the Lord to have someone like him, a a giant of the faith, to invest in my life and my ministry and to be able to sit under his teaching and absorb as much as I could from him and other like-minded believers in the faith. And God really lined up so many different things for me to be able to go to that seminary. So I spent a year on campus full time in the Charlotte area. Then an opportunity came for me to move back home and help my dad as an assistant pastor. So in 2007, I moved back home and I switched from being an on-campus student to a distance education student. And studied part-time, working at the church part-time and doing my school part-time as well. And then in about 2011, God opened up a door for me to come full-time at the church and I still was continuing some school work at that point. Finished up my degree in 2016. I used to jokingly tell people, "I'm on the tortoise plan—the tortoise and the hare. You know, the slow and steady always gets the prize." And so that was my approach: just all you know, spring, summer, and fall semesters year-round, studying one course at a time until I completed that Master of Divinity degree. Southern Evangelical Seminary. And I'm grateful to the Lord for every single course that he let me learn because it's helped me in my ministry. And I serve as co-pastor at our church now with some preaching responsibilities, working with our youth group and many things like that, and involved in multiple different ministries that way. It
1: sounds like you keep yourself busy. And your wife as well, I guess, is busy with those youngsters and other things that you have to do as an assistant pastor. Is
2: that true? Yes, it is. And she's a great helper to me and a great blessing. She is just a perfect wife for me. God really answered that prayer. And looking back over the years and seeing the providence of God, how he brought us together I'd known my wife for a number of years, and she's a couple years younger than me, and she was a friend of my brother's. There was a group of them that were friends together, and they would just do everything together. So I knew her. I knew her family just as part of my brother's group of friends. But it wasn't until I moved back home in 2007 and began working at the church. We started a preschool ministry at that same time, and she began to work in the afternoons for our preschool and we got to talking and that was the first time I was really around just her and so long story short we ended up dating and getting married about a year and a half later and she is a real blessing and encouragement to me. She's my sounding board for any kind of crazy idea that I have and even in my writing and in my preaching and things like that I'll run ideas by her and she helps me so much with getting the right focus and thinking through things that I have on my heart and on my mind. And what is the name of this
1: sweetheart of yours? Amanda. Amanda. My goodness, there are lots of good Amandas throughout the Christian world, I'll tell you. I've met a number of them. Now I know another one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's good. We're talking with Josh Davis, the new staff evangelist with us here. Josh has been opening his heart as to his background and what he's been doing. Tell me some of the things that you have had passed through your
2: heart about what you're going to be doing for us here. I want to help bring clarity to the chaos. I love that phrase that SWRC has, bringing clarity to the chaos. And through Southern Evangelical Seminary, They were really focused on apologetics, and that's always been a passion of mine, seeing that people understand the truth of who God is and that God does exist and that this broken world that we live in needs so much clarity. And that's my goal, my prayer, is that we can see that happen in this generation. We serve a God who is able And as you know, God is on the throne and prayer changes things. And I don't think that we can ever lose hope for our country or lose hope for this world because this world is coming to Jesus and he is in control. And we can seek his face, and I believe that he is doing some great things. I'm just excited to be caught up in what the Lord is doing and to see what he has planned for us down the road. I know that he has lined this up for me to be a part of this ministry, and I'm grateful for the opportunity. And I'm excited to see the things that God will do as a result of this partnership together with SWRC.
1: Well, thank you very much, Josh Davis, for being here with us today You've given me a a great opportunity to talk with you and to learn uh, a little bit about you, and I hope that our listeners have learned as I have, and I am excited for you and for the ministry that you're going to be involved in here with us at SWRC and at the Watchman on the Wall broadcast. God is indeed still on the throne. He has not been removed. He's not gone away for a visit somewhere. He is still on the throne, and prayer does change things, my friend. Let's be about the Father's business today, telling others of Jesus Christ and praying as well as doing the work of God. Let's pray for God to work in us, and he will. Thank you for joining us today, Josh. Thank you, listener, for allowing me to bring this friend of ours to the fore. You have a wonderful day, and may God richly bless you as you serve Him today.
0: Welcome to Watchman on the Wall, Josh. We're glad you're here. You'll be hearing much more from Josh in the coming weeks, and you'll be able to read timely articles from Josh in our Prophetic Observer Newsletter and the Prophecy in the News magazine. As you and your family prepare for Christmas, remember to check out all of the Bible-based and Christ-centered gifts that are available on our website, swrc.com. With over 1,000 items, you can do your Christmas shopping and at the same time support Watchmen on the Wall. We have gifts from Jerusalem, Christmas-themed movies, and a huge selection of books and DVDs, swrc.com. Shop for friends and family, and support the ministry and outreach of Watchmen on the Wall, swrc.com. Here's Greg Patton with Living in Today's World.
3: You know, as well as I do, living in today's world can be extremely tough. Isn't it good that we have a God who cares? Stop and think with me for a moment. What's the greatest thing we have in this old world? It is a God who cares so deeply about us. He cares when you hurt. Sure, He does. He cares when you feel frustrated. You frustrated today? And even when you feel lonely, He's there. There's not an area of your life that goes unnoticed by Almighty God. Peter wrote that we can cast our worries, our concerns, our problems on Almighty God because, yes, He cares for you. 1 Peter 5, 7. God demonstrates his care for us by revealing himself to us. One means by which he does that, God reveals himself through natural creation or the material world around us. The creation was a free act of God. It was not the reshaping of something existing, as the evolutionists would like to say. It was an immediate act with immediate results. The psalmist writes in Psalm 19, 1 through 3, the heavens are telling of the glory of God and their expanse is declaring the work of his hands. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. You know, yet as great as natural creation is, it still does not contain the full revelation of Almighty God. I mean, his holiness, his eternality, his sovereignty, they're not fully embodied in nature, are they? That embodiment was revealed through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Human words can never adequately explain the wonder of God becoming flesh, becoming human in Jesus Christ. The greatest revelation of God that we have is through the life of Christ. God chose to come to earth and walk among us so that we could really know what He is like. Paul writes in Colossians 1.15, Christ is the image of the invisible God. The Apostle John writes, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1.1. That is, Jesus Christ, who is the living Word, was with the Father before creation. He Himself was a part of creation. God came to earth in the person of Jesus and laid down His life at Calvary in order that we could have eternal life. Fantastic message. Praise the Lord. Without God's gift of Jesus Christ, we would have remained in our sin and experienced ultimate separation from Him. The moment you come to Jesus, confess your sin, acknowledge Him as your Savior, you're saved and made acceptable in the eyes of God. For the rest of your life, you are set free to experience God's goodness and care as His beloved child. You're His child. Don't let Satan and his demons tell you otherwise. God also reveals Himself through His Word, the Bible. You have that. The Bible is God's revelation, inspiration, and illumination to mankind. Revelation is divine truth that God imparted to the authors of the Scripture. Inspiration, that's the work of the Holy Spirit through those very men. He governed and controlled them to write God's and message while using their individual personalities. Illumination is what we receive through reading and studying God's Word under the influence of the Holy Spirit. What did you get out of the Word today? you got to read that Bible to survive, my friend. God alone gets all of the credit for man's redemption. The only thing man can do is praise Him and glorify Him for all eternity, not by works of righteousness that we've done, but by God's unmerited grace. Again, it's God's unmerited grace. The wonder of God's grace is that in his omniscience, he knew everything about us, everything, and still chose to come to earth and save us. I pause all the time and wonder, why am I saved today? God offered himself as a sacrifice for mankind's sin, knowing that every redeemed person would stray at times from him and, yep, yield to sin just like you and I do. The pinnacle of Christianity is that, A holy God cared so much for us that He sent His sinless Son to die a substitutionary death on the cross. He died for you. He took your place. You had the death penalty. Jesus stepped in and took it for you. He paid our sin debt in full and made it possible for us to experience an intimate relationship with Him. How good is this? We should fall on our faces today before God in humble adoration and praise and glory that He would prepare so great a salvation for us. The key to understanding God's care for you is to understand the depth and the length of His redemptive plan. God's rescue plan for mankind was set into operation before the foundation of the world. God knew man would sin. He knew you would. And that man would fall in the garden. And He also knew that through His love and His mercy would extend to the cross. He would provide a way for you to receive eternal forgiveness. God cares so much. He's chosen to reveal Himself to us and to rescue us from eternal death. Have you accepted that today? He's a God who loves us deeply and desires a personal, loving relationship with you today. He rushes to meet you in your hurts and your loneliness today. He's the omniscient God of the universe. Yet He cares for us and comforts us in all of the things going on in our world. The God who cares is the God who knows your every step, your every dream, your every desire. He's the God who gives you hope and longs to share more of Himself with you every day. You are important to God. He cares for you in so many wonderful ways, my friend. And once you know that God cares for you, you will never, ever, Live in despair. Accept him today. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Why don't you get saved today?
0: Today we have a lot of special offers on books and DVDs. Be sure and visit our website for all the details, swrc.com. You can also give us a call. We love hearing from you. one eight hundred six five two. 652 144. That's one 800 652 1144 Whether you're ordering a book, DVD, or subscribing to the Prophecy in the News magazine, know that each purchase supports Watchmen on the Wall. Thank you. Have the giants of Genesis six returned to Earth? Are fallen angels today corrupting human DNA? Tomorrow Doug Woodward answers these important questions. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station by downloading our SWRC mobile app or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners just like you. Please visit SWRC.com. That's SWRC.com.